The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Engaging conversation with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Breaking news with Eileen Bell and sports with Morley Scott. This is the Afternoon News on 630 Chad, Edmonton's breaking news and conversation station. Oh my goodness, it's 338. <laughs> yes, it, it is. It is Monday, another edition of the Hoots with, oh my, Todd Hirsch. Hey, Todd. Hey, guys. <laughs> Welcome back. Well, thanks very much. Nice to be back. I guess we can cancel the search party. <laughs> you, you were worried sick, were We were you? starting to get worried. We were <laughs> we were given assurances by your partner, uh, Rob Roach, that you were well and alive, but uh, we had no proof of it. <laughs> well, you could have gone on Instagram or Twitter and oh, all the pictures true. were there. <laughs> how, was th- how was the trip, Todd? It was wonderful. It was all about economics, you see, because the French economy <laughs> needed a little bit of a boost. So their, their retail sector, I went to help out and do what I could. Yeah, oh sell, my goodness. sell that to the CRA. <laughs> oh, you think he's a great dresser now? Just wait after he's With been, that uh-huh. French experience, you bet. Can't wait. Uh, so speaking of other countries and markets, you want to talk about yeah. NAFTA today. And I know you're, yeah. you want to take a glass half full approach to it. But before we do, let me ask you a question about that. It, it, when it comes to uh, the economic health of any uh, country, um, mm-hmm. certainty in what the future holds is a big factor. Even without NAFTA falling apart, if that's what happens, the uncertainty over NAFTA falling apart can certainly have a, a detrimental effect on an economy. Absolutely. And this is what the business community is always all about, even if it's, if it's about NAFTA or if it's about some other policy change. It's usually the not knowing that is the worst. Because even a negative environment, at least businesses can make plans around that. But in an environment that's always changing and there's always uncertainty about exactly what the business environment is going to look like, that I think is the most challenging piece for businesses because you just can't make any plans around it. Right. And now with this latest uh, tariffs uh, being proposed on steel and aluminum, um, and, you know, the president uh, of the United States saying, well, okay, we'll hold off and see how NAFTA talks go. That still shows the vulnerability of a, a major, two major industries in our country that at any given moment, the hammer could drop. Yeah, absolutely. And there's got to be a lot of uh, a lot of worry and a lot of wringing of hands in a lot of boardrooms, especially those, you know, related to the steel industry and aluminum, mm-hmm. obviously. But, yeah, just not knowing exactly what is going to happen. And I always say, you know, love him or hate him, but Donald Trump, he has a very interesting leadership style. Mm. And that is always kind of throwing out these, you know, curveballs out of nowhere and a lot of contradictory messages. And uh, the glass half full on that is it keeps businesses on their toes. Mm -hmm. But there's not too much positive, really, that comes out of that. So you wanted to talk about the possible positives of NAFTA Mm -hmm. being torn up. Where would you like to start? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I should start, first of all, by saying this is not my wish. I'm I'm obviously for NAFTA, the world's largest and most successful trade agreement, one that has been without question a benefit to the economies of Canada, U.S., and Mexico. So there's not a lot of upside to the deal if it is to be torn up. However, the one small piece of this, I think, that could actually, if it was to be torn up, that could actually happen is it would focus once and for all Canadian businesses, Canadian industries, and our governments, I suppose, to diversify our trade market. Now, this is something we all know needs to happen. Kudos to the federal government, including the Harper government and the Trudeau government, 
that it was a joint effort in getting the CETA agreement with the European Union, the talks that are still ongoing with the, the Trans-Pacific Partnership, all that is positive. But, you know, for the last 151, I guess, years now, Canada, we have become a very wealthy, very prosperous nation by selling to the Americans. And that is all fine until it doesn't happen, or uh, until, mm. in fact, this, the NAFTA agreement is, is torn up. So if there is any small sliver that can come positive, that can come of this, it is that it should reinforce once and for all how important it is we diversify our trading partners. Diversify, though, that's a word we're just hearing so much, mm-hmm. you know, certainly yeah. in this province, now, you're, you know, at, at a federal level as well. It, it, what is, why has it been so difficult? Do we just become content with what we have? I think so. We were complacent. And that isn't, you know, you can understand with uh, sitting on the doorstep of the world's largest uh, economy, uh, whose business culture, our, our, our language, or even our time zones, it's been very easy to do business with the United States and to sell them anything we chop down or dig out of the ground or grow. And we, again, we've become very complacent, very wealthy by selling into an easy market. So we haven't had to do the, mm-hmm. the, the more difficult lifting. You look at a country like Australia, which is kind of off in the South Pacific all on its own. Not really. I mean, it has a closer proximity to China. But they've always had to hustle to get recognized anywhere in the world. And as a result, I think they probably have grown up doing a better job in marketing themselves and diversifying their trade partners and selling themselves to the world in a way that we here in Canada, we just haven't had to do it. It's now interesting. We're finding out. Yeah, yeah, see, I don't want to, you know, be the fly in your ointment here, but uh, so I worked for Algoma Steel back in 1981. I couldn't tell you how many years I worked, I don't recall, but at least six or seven years there. Mm-hmm. And we looked at China at the time um, and suggested that it was a market that was potentially greater than that of the United States. But what we found is it was very difficult to do business with China, though, um, and that even if you could get through all the levels of approvals and so on to be able to bid on a project in China, that our costs were too high, that we were competing with labor in a market that was not similar to ours. And and so, you know, as you say, I, I get that we need to diversify, but is it realistic to assume that that's as easy as just saying we need to diversify? Well, you're right, and it isn't easy, and that is maybe part of the exercise. <laughs> sort of a metaphor I like. I just finished up here at the gym with the trainer, and she has me do an exercise, and then she has me do it again, but holding a 45-pound plate. And I'm going, well, that makes it way harder. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, that's, that's exactly the point. the point of the whole exercise, and I don't like it. But you're right. It is difficult, and sometimes it's cost prohibitive, you know, doing a business or selling the same product to a country like China because there's lots and lots of different uh, costs, even just transportation costs, never mind having to learn different cultural practices. There's language barriers. There's all kinds of things. But you look at a country like Germany. So sitting right in the heart of the European Union, Germany has actually um, done a very, very good job at um, exporting its products to the rest of the world. But they've gone after a very specific market, and that is high-quality high-end merchandise and uh, and exports. That's what the Germans are known for. So Canada, I don't want to suggest at all it's just as simple as diversify because that's that's the hard part. That's the really hard part. And we haven't really been doing it. 
not, I mean, I shouldn't say that because we do export all over the world, but we need to focus on, on learning how to do it better and do it more. And I think no one, knowing the possibility that we would be, the country would be okay if, if this didn't go ahead. Yeah, and I think that there has been a little bit too much made of the, the economic catastrophe, you know, of if NAFTA's torn up. What we have to remember, all that would happen is it would revert back to the World Trade Organization uh, trade agreements. So there would be tariffs that would go up, but probably around 6 or maybe 10%, not 300%, mm-hmm. like was slapped on, you know, to Bombardier or whatever. So there would be some... Uh, tariff barrier. It would make it more difficult, but the tariff barrier would be roughly in line with the discount that we're receiving with the Canadian dollar at 80 cents rather than where we were at par a few years ago. It is interesting though, hey Todd, because it's sort of like uh, if I remember back to my business classes in the 80s or 70s, actually, uh, it's sort of like planting a tree. You're, you're not going to see the effects right away of a tree, but 50 years from now, those trees, that forest will make a huge difference, right? So it's something to think about now. may not get the immediate gratification that you're hoping for for the economy, but it will, it will definitely help you down the road. And there's lots of great examples from around the world where countries have turned their entire economy around and their reputation. And just think of... Uh, uh, Asian countries whose reputation was cheap uh, products, who are now held as the you know the leaders in technology. Yeah, that's right. And and on the topic of Asia, now that Asia has become such a leader in some of that technology and some of the manufacturing things that we can't compete against, but I still think Alberta, maybe particularly, we've got a real advantage in our agriculture and agri foods. And I keep coming back to that mm-hmm. again and again. Because if there's one thing we always need, the world's going, or we know the world's going to need, is that that is a safe, secure, high-quality source of food and protein and nutrition. And I think Canada, we're really nicely situated to provide that for consumers in Japan, in China, in South Korea, throughout the Pacific Rim. And we have clean water, too. And clean water, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah it's something to think that about. is, uh, you know, a, sh- a shortage around the world. Now, don't let's not go down the rabbit trail of, <laughs> of, the, of exporting water because that turns into a very uh, emotional uh, topic. <laughs> yes, it's okay it if does. we put it in a bottle and sell it to them, but put it in a pipeline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, Todd, always a pleasure. Great to hear your voice again. Is it you next week or Rob Roach? I'm, I'm going to be back with you, and I'm actually going to be in studio with you guys tomorrow. I'll be Excellent. up in Edmonton next Monday. So. Okay. Perfect. New suit Monday. I look New forward to Monday. it. <laughs> <laughs> Us too, Todd. Thanks, Thanks so much. Okay. All Have right. a good day. You too. Six thirty is the uh, text line. If you want to drop us a note, you can always call us at four nine six zero zero six three. You can find us both at Twitter at Gross Andrew at Jalen Nye, or you can email us. It's easy. Just go to the six thirty Ched. Uh, page 630chet.com mm. click on shows and there's a link right there um, and then I think it's just Jaylen or Andrew at 630chet.com yeah Andrew at 630chet.com Jaylen without the apostrophe right yes yeah um, but sign them oh put your name yeah when you, when you send them anonymously you uh it, whatever you say just gets hucked <laughs> yeah. out the window just so you know hey uh, here's an interesting court case out of uh, Newfoundland um, I've seen this yeah it's quite one of my something. old dogs 
Right. So uh, basically what happens is there's a couple, they buy a dog, and they break up, and then mm-hmm. custody of the dog comes into question. So it has gone through various levels <laughs> of the judicial system in Newfoundland all the way to the Supreme Court of Newfoundland. It hasn't gone to the Supreme Court of Canada and hopefully won't. The waiting period to get a case like this in front of them, the dog would probably mm-hmm. be dead. But here's what happened. So David Baker and Kelsey Hermina, uh, they purchased a Bernice Mountain Dog Poodle Mix. That's quite a mix because Bernice is huge. Um, They purchased him in 2014. After the couple split, they fought over custody. Maya is the dog's name. Uh And so first a small claims court judge determined that Baker was Maya's sole owner, saying that dogs are considered personal property in the eyes of the law, and it was Baker that paid for Maya. So David Baker gets the dog. Uh -uh -uh. Nope. Kelsey uh, appeals that decision, and a provincial... Supreme Court judge found the small claims judge didn't consider the full context of the relationship, concluding Maya should be jointly owned. Well, then Baker appealed that decision, (laughs) and in a recently released ruling, uh, two of the three appeal court judges agreed that the man is the dog's sole owner. Keep that in mind, two out of three. Uh, So he gets the dog, but they were saying that the small claims judge was right in his original ruling. It's an asset and nothing more. But the third judge who dissented, doesn't change the ruling, but he was the dissenting vote, uh, the pair should have joint custody because people often form strong emotional relationships with their pets. Oh, it was a woman, uh, Lois Hogue. Uh, She believes ownership of a dog involves much more than a Uh determination of just who paid for it. What do you think? Um, I I would agree with the third judge. I think it has more to do with um, the relationship that you have with that animal over who paid for the dog or the cat or the bird or the snake, whatever it is. I get that these are the rules and, Mm. you know, it's an animal, so it's property, that sort of stuff. And until that is changed, this is the way it's going to, that's the way it's going to go. But I guess for me, I I obviously, you know, I'm a pet person, Uh love my animals, would hate to give up any of them in the event of a divorce or separation. But I tend to side with the two judges who made the final ruling that at the end of the day, though, it is not a human and laws are set up and that's the thing to is, protect as humans, if, right? If, if the laws are that way until the laws are changed, that's just the way right. it's got to go. Yeah, the ruling was correct by the law. So the question yeah. just becomes, should the law change? Uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I, I just do think that there needs to, um, you need to look uh, hmm. But if you're going by the law, then that's the way it is. But mm-hmm. I think you do need to look at the relationship that both people have with that animal. I know, certainly, we had a story one time, perhaps months ago, in which uh, there was a pet, same sort of situation, where custody had not been determined and they were fighting over it. And the judge in that case ordered the dog to be uh, taken to the courtroom and then both defendants, or the defendant and the, and the uh, plaintiff, were both asked to call the dog over. And the judge awarded it to the person who the dog yeah. went to, which in that case was the defendant. So he already had custody of the dog. My old dog, Sparky, in Winnipeg, went through a court battle. When I left really? when I left Thunder Bay, I had to give up my dog, Sparky. It's a picture of him still on my desk. Mm. And uh, the couple that used to babysit or dog sit him for me all the time, took him. Well, they split up and they fought over Sparky. They went through the courts. Really? Yeah, and I think they were awarded joint custody at that time. Like it was, you know, back and forth, that sort of thing. But yeah, that's the way it was. They spent money And that's the other thing. I get how connected you are, and I am, to my animals, right? 
But you have to, at a point, say that we're using up the resources of the courts for something that is really, by law, an asset. And I guess it depends on how the breakup goes as well. If mm-hmm. it's a, if it's a friendly breakup, it's one thing. If it's not, it's another thing. My my first husband and I, we had shared custody of the dogs. They went back and forth. Um, how he did would that take them work? Both. Like, was the dog confused? No, he loved they 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 loved being with him. They loved being with me, and and that was fine. And then uh, when he eventually moved back to Saskatchewan, I got. I ended up with custody of both of them, and that's fine. But yeah, that's just the way we worked it out. And they would see him coming, and off he would go. And then they'd huh. come home, and they'd run into the into my house. Yeah, but again, we had a we had a amicable divorce, and we were able to determine that, right? <laughs> Whereas a lot of a folks, thing? well, well, I had one probably as amicable as could be. I, I we fought. That's funny. I'd forgotten this, but. My first wife and I fought over possession of a cat, mm-hmm. and I wanted to have the cat because when the kids came to visit me, I wanted... I had very little. She she, I, had, she kept yeah. the house, the appliance, and whatever. So um, I wanted them to have something that would make them feel comfortable at this new house, right, or new apartment. Like their old home. Right. But she won, and I lost, <laughs> and then she moved to a new apartment that, or, or townhouse that didn't allow pets, and suddenly I had the cat. Like, it was, oh, okay. That's it, right? Let's look at this from start to finish. Right. Can't even remember that cat's name. Hated that cat. That cat did not like me at all. Like the kids had nothing. It would show up to eat. That was it. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.